0: Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm here today with everyone's favorite co-host and mine, and yours, the Caleb G. Caleb, say hello everyone. Hi, everybody. It is a pleasure to be here. It is always a great time to have you on the mic, sir. I hope you know that. And it's been nice that, late, which I won't say lately because of Catacomb, there's like three months in my life that just disappeared. But <laughs> up until that point... And apparently now post a catacomb, we might be hearing, seeing you a little bit more often here on the show. And that warms my heart, sir.
1: Happy to be here. And hopefully we can continue to move uh, events in our favor so that I can keep doing stuff. That would be fantastic.
0: But we're here tonight for a, the review episode. And this is for a game called Mirror Side. Now I have not had a look at this. This Is it just something you took a look at? It was more in your wheelhouse than mine. And uh, you have written a very nice, a very nicely written review. <laughs> not that it's not a nice review, but still, I just want to clarify that will go on the website at the same time. So if you're listening to this, if you want to read it, I'm going to include some of the artwork from the book because I know we talk about, we're we going to talk about that. So there is a written textual review as well. But let's ju- just jump straight into it.
1: What is Mirrorside? So Mirror Side is a horror game. Set in the modern age where magic and scary things come from an alternate reality that is kind of hidden behind our real world. So very urban fantasy, very regular people dealing with ridiculously overpowerful supernatural issues.
0: Okay. All right.
1: It's meant to be told in an episodic fashion. So this is very much Monster of the Week television show kind of game if that's your vibe
0: i love that vibe i'm a fan of episodic role-playing games and often will shoehorn ones that aren't designed that way to do that (laughs) anyways
1: now who made this game this game is a parallel publishing game created by angus mcnichol he did send us a copy of this for review, which I appreciate. Yes. And the book is available on drive RPG in PDF, softcover, and hardcover.
0: Uh, I will also say that we got a copy of the book, which was like version two. And then before you were done with review, they had actually updated it to a third version, mm-hmm. which since we have a copy, we get the updated versions as well. So I believe there are still, I think it's still technically like being developed. So there's a chance that it might get Reformatted, more more changes before it's actually done. Done, uh, but certainly if you get the PDF, you don't have to worry about that. But if you get a printed copy, you're gonna have to get another printed copy if you
1: want a different one. And that is a key detail because a couple of the points about this book are definitely leaning towards it needs a little smidge more polishing. Sure.
0: Uh, so I don't know for sure, but I believe this is the first game from this creator-publisher. So again, there's
1: going to be lessons learned here. Oh, absolutely. I'm not criticizing it in any way. I'm simply stating that as a fact for what it is. I really do like the concept. I like a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the lore. Uh, But in this golden age of independent tabletop role-playing games, uh, you got to do something really special to stand out. And this is definitely a work in progress. But if this is... A first attempt, they hit it out of the park. <laughs> they just yeah. gotta stretch their legs to learn how to run around the bases a little bit. <laughs> I'm really messing up these sports references. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. It's it's fine. Uh, so I'm gonna
0: like I have your written review. I'm gonna use that as sort of a, an outline to help us have this conversation. But I want to jump around a little bit, sure, uh, because I want to talk a little bit more about that setting because you already kind of teased what it was and yeah. And I'll be honest, like I, that is a concept I've heard before. That, mm-hmm. that there's a real world and there's a fake world and the fake world's on top of the real world and things bleed through one way or the other. Yeah. And that's not to say that these people or this person may not have done this beautifully, but it is a concept I'm familiar with. So is there anything in particular that you want to say about this version that is interesting, stands out, uh, or maybe a hook or an element that you were like, oh, OK, that is a slightly different take or that's an interesting way to view this?
1: Yeah, I I like the setting. Uh, This is very much a setting-focused book. This is not a play along with the story or play along with specific characters doing specific things. So Mirror Side really just gives you a setting and some tools to make your own stories with, which I very much appreciate. This very much pulls on the horror and urban fantasy tropes where – The real world, the truth of reality, is the scary, horrible magic where the nightmares are. Our world, our real modern-day world, is kind of like the operating system layered on top of it. And I think that's a really fun presentation for this type of genre, all these tropes. Interestingly, the book doesn't give us a lot of information there's not like an explanation of here's how the world started and here's how this real world operating system that's kind of the falsehood that humanity has created to survive here's how that started completely open which i really appreciate for two reasons one horror works best with the unknown Mm -hmm. so the fact that the book just kind of says, here's a thing, figure it out yourself, perfect foundation for a great horror game. And two, it really lets players do what they want. If they like the art, if they like the mechanics, if you like the concept, there's enough wiggle room built in to say, you can kind of tell whatever story you want and make up whatever you want. Maybe mm-hmm. it's right. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's just right in the moment lots of really good stories can be told in that vague blank space and mirror side gives us that
0: you use the phrase so i'm i'm stealing it from you but there's it's very sort of like a matrix vibe where you have this the world that we think of as the real world as you said is like an operating system on top and like the matrix doesn't really come across as a horror sh- movie it's more of an action movie but there are elements within those movies that definitely could be. Like if they just wanted it to make it a horror, they could. So would thinking of this as like Matrix but more horror than like action be a pretty like elevator pitchy way
1: of saying this? Oh, absolutely. If if you swap out weapons and martial arts for magic, you've kind of got mirror side here. Okay. <laughs> and that's that's a selling point for me because I, I really
0: like the first Matrix movie. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: It's really hard to do magic. Just like it's really hard to learn martial arts and weapons. I mean, okay, you just downloaded it into your brain. But the concept concept remains, you had to put out a lot of effort. And you could kind of only do, for the most part, the really cool martial arts in the Matrix, Mm -hmm. sort of.
0: Right. Okay, fair enough.
1: Just like in the mirror side, you can really only do magic when you're in that alternate reality. If you're in the real world, magic really doesn't work and breaks down and likewise when you bounce into the alternate reality any technology you have with you like cell phones stop working or start working in strange ways which the book doesn't tell us anything about and that is an excellent way for game runners to just go wild
0: yep okay and again i do like that concept a lot uh since you already touched on it let's talk about art here
1: yeah there's
0: quite a lot of art in the book and it's very consistently styled. Like it definitely seems like it's, it was art directed well that mm-hmm. it, it all looks of a piece, I guess. But is there anything about the art, any specific pieces you want to talk about or just anything overall that stuck out to you?
1: So what stuck out to me most, and again, to carry that matrix comparison, all of the art is done in this kind of teal blue overtone. And to me, that became very evocative of the mood and tone of this alternate reality. Everything is dangerous. Everything is spooky. It's always twilight or dusk. That blue tone really communicated how dangerous and scary everything was. Just like in The Matrix – everything carried that green overtone to tell us we were in a computer simulation, I feel like this blue-teal vibe is what the mirror side looks like. And seeing that art consistently and that color consistently through the book as a reader, I feel like it was intentional to help put us into this world. And a lot of the art was real creepy. Nothing I feel was more than PG 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's not really any vivid depictions of body horror. Um, even written in the book, nothing is more than a PG13 from referencing things. So mm-hmm. if you want to include that kind of stuff in your game by all means, but if you're just reading the book, there's nothing in the book that I would find too visually or verbally offensive or strong language if that makes sense. Oh.
0: Okay. And I did pick out a few, I think, four or five different pieces of art that I'm, I'm included in the text-based one so people can get a glimpse what kind of art they're looking at. So we like the concept mm-hmm. quite a lot. We like the, the, you know, the horror element. We, we think the art does what it's supposed to do. There's a lot of like, open spaces for us as game masters to be creative and build the types of stories we want to tell. So, so far, all sounded pretty good. Let's talk about the mechanics of the game.
1: I very much like the mechanics. This was not a system I was familiar with. It's called the 2DX operating system. Also not familiar. I think, and I may be totally wrong here, I did not do my job properly to research this. I think other systems, other books, other settings use that system, okay. which means the material, the components would be cross-compatible. Mm-hmm. I believe. I, I may not be right there. Uh, but it's super-duper simple, and I think that's the kind of shining light, the, the benefit of this. You've got four attributes, like your stats. You've got 24 skills. Everything is rated from a D2 up to the best dice, a D12.
0: Yes, the best.
1: And when you're rolling, you roll the attribute and the skill that make the most sense narratively. You pick the highest number, and you add or subtract modifiers. Done. Building a character takes seconds because <laughs> you're just regular people. You mm-hmm. don't have magic powers. There's no feats. There's no talents. You're not learning spells or picking martial arts or which weapons you can use. It's literally just assign a couple dice. Here's a couple points to buy more dice by a bigger size. And that's it. From the, from the mechanic standpoint, that sounds great to me.
0: Mm-hmm. From the storytelling side, I'm a little concerned. Are there prompts like to help me flesh out a concept or a personality to, to attach to these numbers? Like The number says, yeah, I can have a character in seconds, but is there any help for someone who's like, I don't know who I want my person
1: to be? So yes and no. When you're building a character, you can buy things called quirks and burdens. Quirks are positive, burdens are negative. The rules for picking them up are very, very simple, and they're basically some mechanical support to role-playing flavor details. So if you wanted to be that action-focused sports guy, there are quirks you could take to reflect that, and it would add some modifiers when you're doing things athletically or brawling. Uh, If you wanted to have a fear, a phobia, if you wanted to have some sort of Substance addiction if you wanted to have uh, you're just generally a jerk things like that can be burdens that make it harder in certain situations to do things okay there are no classes there are no subclasses you're just regular human people with the skills that you bring to a situation so very much uh, that uh, cosmic horror vibe of just regular folks dealing with supernatural situations. Okay. There's no there's no slayer. There's no military training. Uh, there's no superpowers. I 100% know you can develop those if you want. You can make up anything you want. But as it's written, just this is just you and me, Mike. And oh my God, it's a vampire.
0: Yeah, we're that's dead. it. All right. So <laughs> then, how does like? Damage work so like do I have hit points? Do I have health points? Is it all mental, emotional damage? Like, can I get stabbed in the heart and like become a thrall,
1: mentally overpowered by this demon thing? Damage gets a little complicated. Okay, I did not touch on this in the written review, but from a mechanical tracking standpoint, damage is allocated, counted, tracked with your attributes. So your four core stats. They have a die size. If you take damage to that stat, you reduce the die. So if you were, you know, Olympic level strong and you had a D12 and you took physical damage, it would go down to a D10. Okay. The way you count damage, the way you tabulate it, is what gets a little complicated. It's not hard to figure out, but it's not-
0: Intuitive maybe? or Easy. easy
1: Or intuitive, efficient. All of your roles, most of your roles are opposed. So if I was fighting something, we would do opposed roles of attack and defense. The difference between our roles, that difference is then converted on a chart to damage. Oh, okay. So we have to roll off. And it, so if I'm fighting a monster and they're attacking me with a seven and I got a three defense – That four difference, I have to look at a chart and it says, okay, a difference of four translates to whatever, two damage. And then those two, that two damage, that's two steps down on the die of the applicable stat.
0: Okay, so I see what you're saying. It's not hard, but there are some steps that you might, and it's going to take you a while to just know the chart and go, oh, four is a three and a three from a D10 is a D4. Right. Start process. Right. Okay. All right.
1: And so do you die if they all go to D4s or you have to go below D4? or Yeah, you basically have to get down to a zero. So once you, you get – you can go all the way down through a D2. So flipping a coin. Gotcha. <laughs> if, you, if you step down from that D2, that's when you're out of the scene. Okay. And overall, mirror side wants to be very narrative-focused and cinematic-focused. So there's a lot of wiggle room. Once a stat hits zero, there's a big penalty. Are you out of the scene? Are you actually dead? Were you kidnapped? Were you teleported away by fire magic? It gives you a lot of wiggle room to make up what's right for the story. It's not just, oh, you're dead. But there is a note in the book that says, hey, maybe you want to roll up a couple extra characters and have them be extras in side scenes to make it real easy to swing them in.
0: Fair fair enough. Okay. So then going back to my other question though, so I'm I'm interacting with a slimy tentacle monster from the great beyond. Does that have a way to affect my spirit or my my mind versus like stabbing me with a tentacle? Can I be frightened to death in this game?
1: Yeah. So there are a lot of status conditions. One of the areas where the book maybe needs a little more work is that some of those status conditions are a little vague. Not a huge negative, I'm not trying to be critical, but sometimes the instructions that are given in the book are a little wibbly-wobbly. Okay. Plenty of room for an experienced game runner, tabletop player to figure it out, but if this is the first book you happen to pick up, may- maybe not as much as support as you would like. Okay. Um, but absolutely, the monsters can target with their attacks your physical stats, your mental stats, your spiritual stats, that kind of thing. And the damage then would be reflected narratively. If I'm using magic to attack your spirit, I'm taking over your mind or breaking you down mentally instead of just punching you until you stop moving.
0: Okay, which I, I do enjoy. Like I, I want yeah. to be able to have those elements, especially in a horror game. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should be just things till they die. You should be frightening them to compliance or to yes. death type of thing. All right. So I wanted you in your review, you kind of start by talking about like the physical nature of the book, like how many pages are dedicated to certain things. I wanted to come back to that now. Okay. Uh, and I know we've already talked about the art a little bit, but also you can work back that in like the amount of art layout, uh, the structure of the book. just anything positive or negative about the physical book that you would be looking at PDF or, or physical copy that you want to re- comment on?
1: Yeah. So it's a short book. It's only about 100 pages. Really easy to flip through as a reference when you are building a character and when you're running the game. Um, The first chunk of the book is all about lore and setting, which is great because this book, this experience is really about presenting that setting and then giving you the tools to play in it. Uh, The last 30 pages or so are all about running the game so there's some good guidance specifically for how to structure that episodic show and really building scenes and building the plot. It's not so much here's the numbers you write on your page and here's how you roll a die and here's how you run a combat encounter. It's very much here's how you vi- here's how you get that vibe of a horror series. Mm-hmm. So I really like that advice. Again, it's kind of pointed a little more towards an experienced, confident game runner and player. And I think that the book is kind of riding that line between it's really appealing and easy to pick up for someone new, especially when building a character and figuring out how to play a character. But a lot of the advice needs a seasoned player to really feel confident with it. And it's nice to have something that kind of plays to both sides of that line. But I almost feel like it should have picked a lane, picked a lane and and driven with it. The book is really easy to navigate when you're using it. It's not too difficult to find things. It's, It's a nice order, a nice flow. Some of the layout is a little rough around the edges. Okay, And I think that speaks to it's still a work in progress. There's a lot of blank space. There's a lot of open space. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to include some more flavor, some little side texts. Uh, Mm. In many other game books, we're very familiar to a little added a note or an aside that maybe looks like it's handwritten or kind of scribbled in there. I think it would be a perfect opportunity to add in some flavor with maybe some characters from this world.
0: Like a Uh, journal sort of thing, like a character's journal through certain things.
1: Absolutely. I think that would be a great way to call out um, some additional very vivid examples or maybe even include the very classic uh, Anne, Betty, and Charlene are playing a game. And we see that kind of line-by-line transcript, quote-unquote, of a game night Mm -hmm. to, to give some examples of how something might play out.
0: So my apologies because I I've I've sort of structured our conversation in a way to try to make it easy to follow and now I'm about to screw that up because <laughs> I'm reading over the notes and I don't think we talked specifically about pulse or tension and that should have fallen into the mechanics part so let's touch on that here uh, because I, you called out specifically these so I, I know you wanted to mention them so my apologies for not asking that before but what are pulse or tension or pulse and tension or pulse and t- I don't know
1: <laughs> okay so. I really like when mechanics support the vibe and the tone of a tabletop role playing game. It's very hard to do. Dread is the perfect example because Dread gives us that visceral physical uh, experience of dealing with a Jenga tower to replicate the dramatic tension and fear that your characters are going through. Yep. It's hard to build that into a game. So I really respect and like what we've done here in Mirror Side. There's something called pulse or tension. And I say or because the book refers to it both ways. So I don't know if there's just both work or there was maybe a revision in the middle and they changed and it wasn't changed across the board. But it's right there. They're, They're both connected. It's easy to figure out. The context supports it. Basically, it is a list of things that increase the horror level. By scary things, experiencing terrible situations, people that have been hurt, monsters, fear, bad dreams, etc. And then ways to lower that tension by hanging out with your buddies, eating ice cream, singing a song. So it's very much the moments of humanity and levity and joy and recovery we see in a horror movie or a television show that balances out. Okay. And then there is a list of kind of mood states related to the tension. So normal tension, you're really scared. Oh my god, it's a monster. Oh my god, it's Cthulhu. Like it gives us a couple different levels and then those levels also give mechanical changes,
0: modifiers to rolls type of a thing.
1: Modifiers to rolls things that you can or cannot do it very much delivers that flight or fight vibe okay some of these levels actually boost your stats because you're so scared you're in that fight state you get better at doing things i like that the only downside to this though is there's no correlation between raising and lowering the levels and what their levels are like there is no this is zero this is one this is two this is three whereas how you gain and subtract those levels are numerically this is a plus two event this is a minus five humanity nice event so the examples it gives us with those mechanical impacts do not have a at horror 10 this happens Gotcha. At tension 10, this happens. At tension 5, this happens. There's no numerical correlation there. So
0: we have a mechanical, chartable way of, mo- of keeping up with what level we are, mm-hmm. and we have a like a, a ladder of settings, but they don't talk to each other yes. in the book. Like, it doesn't say four is this, nine is this. It just, you got these two independent things that you got to figure out where they connect.
1: Right. Okay. Again. Super easy to make it up yourself. That's a revision
0: probably. There's probably a paragraph that's missing or something.
1: Yeah. Easy to fix. Easy, easy, easy. Okay. Along those same lines, there is something called collateral. So when you fail a role, you can take a token of collateral to make it a success. Okay. Easy. And then the more collateral you have, the more bad things potentially happen to you.
0: Is this mechanical or just like the DM's fiat of, oh, you've got four collateral. I'm going to let the monster attack you this turn.
1: Again, that's where I think a little bit of revision work needs to be. Okay. Uh, There's a reference in the book to the more collateral you have, the more powerful certain monsters might be against you.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Kind of implying they would do more damage or have a worse effect the more collateral you have. But there's nothing mechanically to support that other than just the narrative vibe. Okay. The book does tell us that in between episodes, kind of in those downtime moments, you can essentially cash out or buy off collateral by letting terrible things happen to your character. So I'm, I'm, but again, the two lists don't talk to each other. There's no, if you spend two collateral, you have bad dreams for a week and never get rested. Or if you have 10 collateral, you've now picked up a debilitating illness. Mm -hmm. The flavor is there. Those examples are there. And it's very contextually clear, okay, one is worse than the other. So the more collateral I have, the worse it gets. But those two lists numerically and mechanically don't interact. Easy to figure out with experience, easy to fix with a revision, but it's not there on the paper.
0: Uh, and then, again, you brought up some monsters. So are, is there a bestiary? Is there a way to create new monsters? If, if, you know, how, how would that work if I wanted to create a tentacle vampire?
1: So there is a short bestiary in that last game runner section. The lore of the mirror side tells us that there are native creatures to the mirror side. There are humans that got stuck in the mirror side and degenerated into terrible creatures there are examples of kind of base monsters and then it gives us a an evolution of those monsters and the lore tells us that every creature starts as this little wormy maggot thing and as they feed they go into a cocoon and they evolve and get scarier and there's kind of grubby ones on the ground and there's ones that fly around and the lore tells us that all monsters come from these two kind of types base types of creatures. And we've got 4 or 5 examples of each going up from oh it's just a little worm you can step on to it's a giant dragon that'll kill you. Hmm. Interesting, informative, but again, I think some revision is needed here. There's not really instructions for making your own. Some of the special abilities and powers that these monsters have don't have a lot of mechanical explanation for how they interact in the game and then there's a couple other types of monsters that are referenced that really don't have a lot of fleshing out like it says there's a a type of monster a category of monster that are uh, very similar to humans they're kind of the worst monster because they're really good at deceiving humans who end up in the mirror side But there's not a whole lot of guidance of what they do or how they do it or how they're different from the other monsters. Uh, And then there's a whole section of the worst of the worst, the elder gods lying in sleep, the demons, the angels, the most powerful ever, and that's it. They're like, there's these really bad ones. Maybe they're a boss. No numbers. No math. Okay. Uh Which – in the lore, that makes sense. Like these are the things that – this is the Balrog and me walking up to a Balrog, I don't care what those numbers are. The Balrog's going to kill me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but if I wanted to even kind of tiptoe around including them, I would have to kind of make that up completely. Mm-hmm. I like the freedom and the wiggle room to do that. But I would love a little bit more guidance and structures. So I feel confident I'm nailing the vibe of the game. Because this whole book is really about the vibe and tone that the Mm -hmm. author wanted to give us.
0: So all that wrapped together, we always give things a a grade letter here. How
1: would you rate this game? I'm going to give this one a C minus. I love the concept. Okay. I love the approach the author took. Mm -hmm. I think it is hard to create a game where the mechanics support the tone and the vibe, especially in horror, because horror is built in that human drama. And I think what was done here is solid. Okay. It just needs a little more work.
0: Okay. So it's not like a blow it up, start over, but there's definitely some work that needs to be done.
1: Right. And I feel like also the context of the tabletop world matters. Here, we are living in that age where there's game after game after game after game. There's so many games, it's infinite, pretty much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For a game to stand out, it really has to be firing on all cylinders across the board. There's a couple places where mirror side doesn't hit the mark. A random person who doesn't have experience isn't ready for or anticipating some of these gaps. Might not have a great experience with the game. So compared to other games in this independent market, it's a little bit below average. But there's so much potential. Okay. I love the art. I love the concepts. I love the setting. I love the mechanics. There is so much there that is almost amazing. It just needs a little polish.
0: Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to review that. Uh, certainly, I appreciate Angus for sending us a copy. And we, we again, we want them to be successful. We hope Absolutely. that our review, maybe some others, they can continue to do some revisions and, and really polish this up. Uh, and so, again, where can people find you if they want to read your other work, find other projects that you're a part of? Plug, 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 sir. Uh,
1: so, of course, other reviews uh, here I have done and will continue to do. Uh, My voice and words are all over the place in the archives here at the RPG Academy. You can hear and see me every week over with the Identico crew. I am both playing a game and running a game, alternating Tuesdays. Uh, That is uh, playidentico.com and twitch.tv slash Identico and also uh, Identico over on the YouTubes and the podcast. So you can always find us uh, and that uh, and interact with us that way and I do have my charity uh, entertainment gaming project that I'm still working on called point5 past.5 past.org where we are aiming to use our talents of gaming and entertaining to draw some attention to charities and instead of uh, drawing funds to us as creators move those funds directly to the charities through the Uh, work we do on a volunteer basis. So uh, slow going on that project, but I'm not giving up on it yet. It's still out there.
0: Fantastic. And of course, I'll put links in the show notes to uh, the game as well as to all of your links Uh, As for myself, you can find me pretty much everywhere at the RPG Academy. I am still on Twitter, but not for much longer, unless something really drastic changes, but I'm on Blue Sky over there. But really right now, Facebook is like probably the easiest and best way to keep up with what we're doing here. And you can use that to interact with us. I'd like to see more of that happening. And then you can always email the show, the RPG Academy at gmail.com. And again, if you are an author or game designer, and you have a book that you would like for us to take a look at, I cannot guarantee, we don't promise that we will do reviews. But if you reach out, there's a good chance. I'll find someone who will take a look uh, and get it on the show. So, uh, thank you again, Angus, for giving us a look at MirrorSide. Thank you, Caleb, for taking a look at it. And remember, if you're having fun,
1: you're doing it right.
0: Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Again, I haven't podcasted in like two and a half months. So, yeah, I'm rusty also. We went way too long on that. But, again, I think I can fix that in the edit. Awesome. So, you know how it works. Just send me the flack. And if you can send it tonight, please do. I probably will edit it tomorrow, and I'll try to get it out this weekend.